All right, everybody, welcome to Talking Taker, episode number 54 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. My name is Alex Dorio, and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. I am, of course, joined, as always, by my co-host, my fellow preacher of the night, my wrestling buddy, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, I, I have a feeling this is going to be our most symbolic episode yet to date. <laughs> if you smell what I'm cooking. I uh, mean, because it's called Rock Bottom in your house, and this match is pretty much the rock bottom of the Undertaker matches we've covered? <laughs> your interpretation. Okay. Mine. I don't know. <laughs> All good art loves interpretation. That's right. That's my interpretation. I was, yeah, I was going to say that. How fitting of a title. Um, as we'll see when we get to the end of this match, just what we're talking about. Those of you who have never seen it, I can't recommend enough to go watch it. Just because everyone likes, that's like the best part of a NASCAR race, or the wrecks. Well, that's why you should watch this. So, this <laughs> is, yeah, you'll get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, we're picking up this week, and we want to thank you guys for downloading and tuning in. Uh, and especially after last week, we had, uh, I think ours our longest episode yet by by far. There was just so much to cover on there, and it was a really, really fun match as well. This one, hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll make up for it by uh, shaving a little time off this one because uh, we split things up. Uh, in case you're wondering, we covered every uh, all of the Raws from Survivor Series 98 up until Capital Carnage uh, on the Capital Carnage episode, even though a lot of that... This is obviously playing into this match that we're covering here at Rock Bottom in Your House from December 1998. So if you want to hear all that build up, if you if you skipped that Capital Carnage because you're yeah, it's a UK pay-per-view, I don't really care about that one. If you want to hear about The Undertaker trying to embalm Stone Cold Alive, if you want to hear about <laughs> uh, Paul Bearer being kidnapped and shoved into a manhole, that's all on last week's episode number 53, uh, Back in the Archives. Uh, this week, we're just going to cover uh, a couple episodes of Heat and one episode of Raw building into Rock Bottom, but they are, they're doozies. Yeah, <laughs> right they here. are. Double doozies, Great American Cookie Factory. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Have, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have no idea what just happened, but I love it. So, yeah, basically the Cliff Notes version, if you missed last week, was that Taker hit Austin with a shovel, Taker and Bear tried to embalm Austin alive, Taker locks Austin in a freezer. Austin hits Taker with a shovel. Kane and Austin trick Taker and Bear, and Taker gets sent away to the asylum, allegedly. And then Kane and Austin throw Paul Bear headfirst down the sewer. So that's the the, the bullet points for last week's episode and the build up to this point between Survivor Series and Rock Bottom. So, but as you picked up on last week, that Undertaker didn't actually go to the asylum, which we exactly. learned about during <laughs> Capital Carnage, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, during Capital Carnage's backstage promo, he said that, you know, just to let you know, the, the, the ambulance never made it there, um, which I want to bring that up as we get into this next episode of, I think it's he, or no, the next episode of Raw, I believe we're going to cover in just a minute. We I want to bring that up, so, because Vincent Mann apparently forgets that, so. <laughs> um. Well, as Capital Carnage was airing over in the UK, remember it was a UK exclusive pay-per-view, they did have an episode of Sunday Night Heat here over in the States. 
and pretended basically that Capital Carnage didn't really happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Undertaker was somehow wrestling on both continents at the same time. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's not a ton happening here, but we do want to mention it because it's a neat little match because Undertaker and Mankind faced off on Sunday Night Heat. And, you know, we've covered their rivalry from the very beginning, Mankind debuting in the company, and now two years later, it's just really interesting to see where these two guys have come. And this match on Heat, it's nothing special. Uh, it's really only a couple minutes long. It's building up to a DQ with Rock and Austin all interfering here. But, man, just crazy to see the journey uh, of these two guys and how they've both benefited from their pairing off with each other. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, they even show a cool little video package during Heat, you know, right before the main event, kind of recapping all their interactions. And it's just amazing because... Back then, Taker used to have the purple gloves, and Mankind had the brown suit, you know, the brown unitard, basically. He looked like a, I don't know, he looked awful. And now, Taker has an eyebrow ring, and he's emo, and Mankind has a socko on his hand. So, it's just amazing. <laughs> and now, Undertaker has Paul Bear back with him, like he did at the, at the beginning of their feud in 96. So, it's really kind of seen it come full circle. Um and we'll see it again later on. But, I mean, it's just really neat to see that. But, yeah, the only other thread through this story is this night of heat, again, because we're building up to Rock and Austin – or, excuse me, Undertaker and Austin yeah. – is that Undertaker is um, – Undertaker's here for the, for the match, and uh, Austin is not scheduled to be there, apparently. But he shows up. Um, he's going to watch as a fan. He grabs a beer backstage, and he sits out ringside during the beginnings of this match. So that's kind of how it is going on here so yeah just a little bit of build up towards this buried alive match at rock bottom but the major angle uh one i know we've both been i don't know about excited to cover maybe dreading to cover but <laughs> yeah. uh one many of you have probably been waiting for we're, we're gonna cover it right here it's raw from december 7th 1998 uh episode 289 this is the big one to talk about lots to talk about here as uh, one thing to talk about is that Michael Cole is going to be on commentary for the entire episode of Raw for the first time ever here. As we mentioned on Capital Carnage, of course, Jim Ross uh, went down with his, I believe, his second bout of Bell's palsy mm -hmm. that he suffered during that pay-per-view. So now we are going to have, <laughs> we're going to be subject to Michael Cole leading commentary for the next three months or so. And I mean... I, I respect Michael Cole a lot. I think he's grown into uh, a great announcer and a, a great lead guy for the WWE, especially when you watch him on stuff like the uh, the Mae Young Classic or the UK pay-per-views. Yeah, or, when he's on... UK shows, yeah, unfiltered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, dude, 1998, <laughs> 1999, he's just in full corporate shill mode, and he just <laughs> yeah. doesn't know how to tell. Story's just repeating all of these lines that's, that are being fed to him all night long. It's it's such a departure from from hearing Jim Ross, really. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, for sure. And, yeah, it's definitely different than Jim Ross, man. It's just not no, – nobody holds a candle to JR. But, yeah, like I said, this is Michael Cole in his infancy here. So, yeah, he's pretty bad as anyone – doing this job being green would be you know they're oh, all no pretty doubt. bad no doubt. it seems um you know but i mean i don't know that i would do any better but yeah just it's been like it's like taking out your favorite album and all of a sudden you put in something that like a kid's pop version of it 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect. You put in Kids Bob version of your favorite album, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it's not really good. So it's exactly. Here's it comes Kids Bob Cole. He's on voice over here, and he tells us this is Raw 289. It's December 7th, 98, and he tells us that um the main event tonight is going to be Austin and Mankind versus The Rock and Undertaker. So, I mean, those are the four top names of this era, you know, like – it's crazy. I mean, you, you throw Kane and eventually Triple H up there, you know, like a year or two later. But at this point, this is the tor- four top names in the company. So yeah, you know, I was I'm behind on a lot of my podcasts, so I, I just listened to this a few days ago. But uh, Chris Jericho had or Stone Cold had Chris Jericho on his show. This was months ago, uh, but he they were interviewing it, and Chris Jericho said something I've heard him say before. He's he's talking about how he felt like he was in the Beatles of the attitude era. How like stone cold and rock were, were John Lennon and Paul McCartney and Chris Jericho felt like he was George Harrison. Right. Of the attitude era. Cause those two guys, like Chris Jericho felt like I- I'm one of the greatest in the world, but I'm also in there with the two greatest of the world. Right. And Chris Jericho is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, I think if we do one of these podcasts again, I think he'd be a great subject to oh, do yeah. on his career. Uh, he's one of the guys who I've seen from when he debuted in WCW. I was a fan yep. when he was a Lionheart to nowadays. So I love Chris Jericho and respect Chris Jericho. But to me, he's he's way off base with that statement. Because these four guys and this match, those are the Beatles of the Attitude mm-hmm. Era. Stone Cold and Rock, yes. And then Undertaker. Undertaker is honestly probably the George Harrison of the Attitude Era. He's the guy that's right underneath those two guys that deserves more respect. And then I would say Mankind is like the Ringo. Like he's <laughs> essential to it. He's the quirky, weird one. But he's these are the top four guys. And then probably put Triple H, probably maybe even Kane before Chris Jericho. Uh, because Chris Jericho's like real star run to me started like Ruthless Aggression era. I know he won the title mm-hmm. like 2001, but he's not really the, in that main event conversation to me in my opinion but that's my rant regarding that and this match just reminded me of it because i think those four guys are the four guys of the actual attitude era Uh, oh yeah what do you think after no i agree i mean like again that's no disrespect to chris jericho again he's coming in a year you know after this after what we're covering right here so i mean maybe from his perspective at the time you know whatever but yeah these four are the top four i mean these this is the fab four you know Uh, now that brett's gone and Bulldog's gone and Sean's gone as we covered the Fab Four on our, you know, <laughs> as on our podcast a while ago. But these are the Fab. These are the main guys you can put in to any main event, and it's going to sell out. You could you could run four different sets of house shows and have the, yeah. these four guys main eventing on the top with whomever. You know, really, that's you're done. Like you, you're sold out. So it doesn't matter. So um, but yeah, I, I agree. These are these are these are this is a huge main event, which we probably didn't understand at the time, but um. In hindsight, it's crazy to see. Um, so kind of getting into it here, um, backstage, Steve Austin is very upset with Tony uh, Jaria. Is his name right? Jaria or Jaria? I can't remember his name. <laughs> he's Garia. so insignificant. So insignificant. <laughs> I don't even care. But he's been on this podcast a couple of times. But yeah, Tony Jaria, whatever. But Austin's angry about this. Everything is happening. So I love that. And then, dude, we get this commercial with like some beatnik poets. They're like rhyming this awful rhyme and it's an advertisement for men's WWF cologne. Men's and it's and like women's. with 
Well, men's okay, excuse me, men's and women's, but it's like it's called like attitude or something. But like, you couldn't have had any less attitude <laughs> than this commercial. Like, they should have done the the halftime um, Super Bowl commercial here for With attitude. That. Like, are you kidding me? These two beatnik poets, like, George and in a dark room with a stand-up bass, like, talking like talking like this on, like, like Edge and Christian's podcast. They just talk like this, and they're like, WWF attitude, you want nice cologne. I'm like, dude, that's the stupidest commercial I've ever seen, like, for attitude. <laughs> I hate it. That's my rant. You had yours as mine. <laughs> it was so it, – it, 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 was like out of a 1995 new generation yes, episode of Raw. Exactly. It did not feel at place. Exactly. These, especially with this stuff that we're going to get to on this episode. And, and you <laughs> yes. got, you know, PMS on the show and <laughs> Mark Henry and Sammy and you, yeah, yeah, they're going to this. It's so silly. Exactly. Just in context, it's awful. It doesn't make any sense. So, but anyway, anyway. Well, then we get an interesting scene backstage as we see Vince, Shane, and The Rock having sort of a conference with Paul Bearer there. And we've Vince has been trying to reiterate that he's a, not doesn't have any partnership with Undertaker and Paul Bearer, but they're meeting backstage, and Vince is trying to um, use all of the awful things that Stone Cold has done to Undertaker recently as motivation for The Undertaker teaming up with The Rock tonight in this tag team match. Yeah, he goes, he goes over all these nefarious things, like, you know, like what all he's done to you with the shovel and this and that. But then he also says The Insane Asylum, which, again, we just debunked <laughs> last week. He never made it there. Taker used his um, magical supernatural powers to escape. So, yeah, a little continuity error there. But, again, hey, you know, they're live on television in two separate continents at the same time. So maybe he forgot. Yeah, <laughs> they understand. Actually, yeah. If I was in two places at once, I'd probably forget what I said, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Paul Bear assures them they won't have to worry about Undertaker. Um, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll play fair, basically. But then Rock gets a little jab in there. He's like, you know, I'll whoop that candy, whatever. I don't think he says that, but you know, he's basically, I mean, I'll whoop him if he gets out of line. So a little foreshadowing to where we're going to head with him. So, oh, yeah. um, I, I really liked that rock still, you know, didn't care. He wasn't, he wasn't his best friend. Like we've been saying, it's exactly. all about the characters. What are the characters going to do? He's not all of a sudden best friends with undertaker. So makes yeah, sense. Cause they've had know? their fair share of history with each other as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, then Austin is going to come out and cut a promo in the middle of the show here. He kind of goes over all the craziness that's been going on the past few months and then goes to his religious well uh, yet again and yeah. says, In the ministry of Stone Cold Steve Austin at Rock Bottom, you can bet your ass that you can expect no mercy from Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that's all I got to say about that. So. I guess that's uh, Austin five eighteen or something like that. I'm not sure. Austin what first that Austin three twenty three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so who knows? So yeah. And that's gonna bring out the. Or it's gonna bring the lights down and have the Undertaker's music come up, and we're gonna get the debut of the Undertaker's mysterious symbol magically appearing above the stage. Yep. That's it. It's his symbol. It's um, not a cross though. You know, oh, it's not apparently a no. not a cross. It's a T with a little X across it, and uh, we just want to stress that it is not a Judeo-Christian cross here. You know, it's not a cross, so it's no, a Undertaker I, symbol. I remember it as the extreme T symbol 
uh, ah. we <laughs> would create our wrestlers on SmackDown uh, video games, SmackDown one and two, I believe. Uh, you made your guy extreme. No two. mercy was made. Yeah, um, yeah, I made him on No Mercy as well. Oh, do you have that symbol on there too? Oh yeah, yeah, because oh, yeah. it's the X over the T on there. Yep. And so that was your guys. That was his logo. So that's that what was I me, man. With. Oh, I absolutely do. I feel like he stole it from me. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I always use that as Extreme T's stuff. What a horrible name, Extreme T. Oh, no way, dude. <laughs> oh, I'll probably get over in uh, NXT nowadays. Those guys just pull their names out of a blender. I have no idea. <laughs> it could be in uh, MLW or something. Uh, yeah, probably. All you gotta do is have three initials to be there. Yeah. MJF, PCO, uh, MVP, all this. Yeah, everybody just has three initials. You're but. good. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it was uh, it was his his symbol. I did. Yeah, I took a liking to it on my creator wrestler. So it yeah, it's cool. Looking. I, I mean, I'm not it gonna, is cool. I can't deny that. Oh no, I love it. It's great. And um, then you get this voiceover, which I hope yeah. you guys get used to that because we got lots of voiceovers coming. This was weird. Uh, Undertaker's not there. Yeah, he's not on the stage for this. Yeah. One. but we hear his voice coming out through the sound system, cutting a promo on Austin. It's dark and deep and mysterious. Yeah, he's um, just kind of recapping what it says here. He's basically saying that, you know, they've traveled down the highway to hell and Austin is helpless against the ministry. And um, he says he's going to take Austin's rotting soul anytime he wishes. And then tonight ends, tonight's going to end in purgatory where you're going to remain until rock bottom where you will then be sacrificed to the ministry of darkness, get buried alive, and then burn in hell. <laughs> That's a nice little present he's got for him. <laughs> but um, but as then after this voiceover goes off, lightning strikes the symbol and it goes up in flames as Steve Austin just stares on. And I just got to say, man, that was a cool visual. You know? It was. Yeah. It was yeah. a cool special effect. And I wish it, it all just ended right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was that could have been it, man, right there. That I do love been it. that Undertaker is – keeping the highway to hell theme going yeah me too. The, he's kept that going ever since SummerSlam. i think that's really neat yeah neat little touch yeah me too man it's great yeah he's been using it every week pretty much so i love that he keeps saying that so but yeah it was definitely a whatever like i don't know promo but um, it's just weird getting weird and dark and creepy and murder again he's gonna murder him and after he takes him to purgatory and but yeah that that visual of that of that you know that symbol on fire with austin selling not he's not afraid he's just confused you know but not like an idiot confused but just like i uh, wonder what's going to go on just he sold it perfectly man he, he couldn't done any better yeah couldn't done any better and i think the purple lights are on at that point too so it's just a really cool visual with all the lights down this flaming xt thing up on the up on titan not in but, xt just xt no, just xt but we could have pumped the brakes there and but we do not come to a halt we have more to come yeah, um, there's a little bit. There's some fun stuff backstage during this the show as well with Mankind and Austin. Mankind's <laughs> trying to win over Stone Cold. He leaves a mysterious black garbage bag in his dressing room, and Austin goes in there and finds like one beer in the garbage bag and, <laughs> and takes a drink out of it. It's, it's more great comedy stuff from Mankind. But that brings us to that main event tag team match, and you know it's not really much of a match. Uh, mm -hmm. Like we said, I mean, it's really cool that these four guys are all in this tag team match together. Uh, maybe the only time that's happened with like those four guys. In right. I'm not sure, but uh, it's cool to see. But it's really just all four guys kind of brawling all over the place for a few minutes, and it leads to the corporation coming out or Team Corporate, as they're still called at this point. Right. 
uh, they take out Rock and Mankind and leaves Austin Undertaker to themselves. And this is where things start to get weird. Yeah, and speaking of, again, this this is leading to Rock Bottom. And so you're we're building Austin and Taker here, but The Rock even comes out first for this tag match. And he's the champ, you know? So well, at this point, it's his pay-per-view. Yeah, it's his pay-per-view. And he's and not going to be in the main event. Exactly. And it feels like this Buried Alive match is more important than the WWF title match in six days. So It's going to go on last. It goes on. Yeah, it's just it's so weird. Like you said, it's got his namesake on it. And uh, he's coming out first for his tag match. And then, yeah, he's again, he helps. They handcuff Mankind to the to the um, top rope and they beat him up. The corporation does or team corporate, whatever they're called. But then, yeah, after that. The show's going to go off with what we're about to talk about. You know, again, not building to his main story, but um, yeah, go ahead and take this. Take this here. Well, I'll jump in, in a second. <laughs> well, uh, T- Austin gets knocked out here. Uh, Taker uh, gets a, a ring bell and a chair and um, uses those to to knock out Austin. So Undertaker's going to carry Stone Cold Steve Austin up the ramp. As all of a sudden, there's a bunch of druids on the stage doing that chanting that we've heard over and over again. And Speed dial one from Paul Bear. <laughs> yeah, where did they come from? Were they waiting around backstage? Who let them in the building? Uh, no idea. Maybe they just apparated like into the uh, space. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, we have the, no idea. The druids are there, and they begin tying Stone Cold Steve Austin down onto the Undertaker's giant symbol. Right, and you know the only way to tie someone to the letter T would be in a Jesus Christ pose, right? I mean, to quote Soundgarden, there, um, you know, you got Austin with his arms out, you know, just like Raven would pose as, and in fact, didn't um, ECW did this? Yes, they did this two years ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, and had to apologize for this. What Raven always calls religious iconography, what he always says in his podcasts and interviews when he talks about it so wait you have to say it like raven i don't know if i can do a raven <laughs> yeah man like a, like a, you know like we did like a um religious iconography yeah yeah i don't know that <laughs> was not bad that was that was kind of like a, a jewish lawyer also raven so <laughs> anyway so yeah they're tying austin down to this t you know this symbol and austin's cussing unfiltered like at undertaker yeah you know um and they begin to raise him up in front of the titan tron you know it starts to raise up from the ground and he's standing you know like a like a you know tommy dreamer pose or raven or like you know basically he's jesus you know crucified on this symbol here you know honestly um made me very uncomfortable as a 12 year old you know watching this and i remember this is kind I of mean, where go ahead yeah Oh, I was just you know being raised where we were and and how our, our morals and our thoughts and everything. It was just definitely uncomfortable to watch. And I remember at this point in time, this is kind of where you know I was always more WCW, but I definitely this helped me be more WCW because I didn't have to worry about watching them and getting you know Jesus poses on it and stuff like that and all this ministry stuff and. Going over, and like you said, this episode of Raw is filled with PMS, the Pretty Mean Sisters, and all this extra sexual sexual chocolate, whipped cream, gag in his, in his mouth and stuff. Like, I was over on WCW at this point. So, I mean, flipping back and through, but um, mainly focused on Nitro. So, yeah, it's funny because obviously, I mean, a lot of this stuff was targeted to, uh, to 12 year old boys, 13 yeah. year old <laughs> boys, but we. 
being, uh, you know, in the Bible Belt and, uh, you know, going to church and, and being, you know, goody, goody two-shoe Christian boys, uh, we were like the opposite. We had the opposite right. <laughs> reaction to that. And we're, I mean, we were offended that Undertaker crucified Stone Cold and all this dirty stuff was going on. And, uh, you know, sometimes we liked it, but <laughs> sure. sometimes with Sable or, or something like sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. We were all there for it, but. It's too much, and like you said, like I can look back now and understand it's entertainment. You know, it is what it is, yeah. and not get offended. But like as a twelve year old, I remember just being like, "Oh man, it's too much," you know. And, and watching and Russo's it, even said he wouldn't go back and do it again. Like he's right. like, it was probably a lot. Again, I listened to a lot of his stuff, and he said eh, we probably shouldn't have done this. <laughs> oh, dude, they were going a mile a minute, you know, down down the highway, just like they didn't know what they were doing from week to week. They didn't yeah. have any filters or restrictions on back then. Um, they're have, trying different things every week. I get it for sure. And, and nowadays I'm less offended by it morally and more right. just confused by the execution yeah. <laughs> of it. Uh, like you said, Stone Cold, Stone Cold doesn't really know what to do, how to sell this. Like yeah. he's cussing and like angry faces. It almost would have been better if he just remained knocked out. It was just right. like posing or I get like, almost more like jesus i guess just yeah. like passed out weak up there that would have made more sense to me uh and then you got <laughs> another problem is that michael cole has pretty much <laughs> lost his voice by this point in the night <laughs> so you're left with the king who god bless the king but his strong suit is not trying to sell these serious angles right. so he's like in this hushed tone trying to talk about how serious this is and michael cole can't say anything um, and the crowd is just dead, dude. They, yeah. it takes forever to happen. The crowd does not know how to respond to it. It's just a kind of foreshadowing the match itself. The, sure. the idea, yeah, it's a bit much, but the execution is also really, really poorly done as well here. Yeah. You could tell they just <clears throat> came up with this in the writer's room or whatever. And then weren't really sure how to execute it, but they, you know, most of the stuff they've tried has worked out, you know, just kind of, you know, shotgun pulling things off and everything's worked out, you know, as far as Austin hitting his cue for how to explode, you know, how to put cement in Vince's Corvette and right. Zamboni and all this stuff. Like they just figured, what the heck, this'll this will be fine. <laughs> as well as the pay per view. But as we'll see, it's kinda weird, but we get this again, so so Austin is is raised up here in front of the Titan Tron and Taker's kind of posing with his eyes rolled in the back of his head, which I don't know if we mentioned that he's started really doing that's kind of one of his signatures. Now, I mean, he's kind of done it a little bit before, but now it's a it's his go-to all the time. So that's just a new little you know piece of his arsenal here. But um, then you can see Austin dropping up on like you see his his word like what he says, and then um, but then I don't know if it's just a network version or not, but we get this weird cut, and I think there's like this it's edited on the network version, but um. We get the same camera shot that ends the show that we saw like 20 seconds before, and you can tell it's the same one. And then when they show the recap video on actual Rock Bottom, you get this like extra footage of stuff that actually happened on Raw that we didn't see on Raw here mm. because I think they – I got a feeling they re-edited some stuff because even at this point too, you've got this camera shot and they're looking at each other and um, you got this voiceover again, come over this, come over the PA system and it's, it's Taker and he says – But it's weird because he doesn't have a microphone 
He's not saying right. it. <laughs> it's just coming over the PA. And if you listen closely, there are three different types of music overplay, like overlaid. Over there's the chanting, there's his music, and there's one other music. I couldn't make out what it was, but so I feel like they re-edited something on the network version and, and cut some stuff out, maybe because it was just a little uneasy. But that's that's just my um, guess. I don't know. It was weird though. It was just weird, and and that's the best way to put it here. I don't know if Undertaker did he give Kevin Dunn a, a tape of this promo he recorded and be like, "Hey, play this later on tonight," <laughs> yeah. or does just he have mind control that he can you know somehow communicate his voice over the PA system through his head without speaking? Uh, right. Yeah, I have no idea what what he's going for here. Is he uh, <laughs> is he a ventriloquist like Sherry sure, Lewis? Maybe. Maybe. Secret skill of the Undertaker, um, and and after all this, I just got one question, and that is, where in the heck is Kane? Yeah, Kane, where the heck Kane has rescued Austin from getting embalmed? He helped throw Paul Bear down a sewer. Um, where the heck is he? You know, we know he didn't get taken by the orderlies no. that were storming the Beast Castle. You know, that, that's been gone. Where the heck is Kane? I so. wondered that myself, and I guess, you know. But we'll see. <laughs> we will see, yes. Uh, sort of kind of throwing you off the scent before we get to the pay-per-view. Uh, I guess so. the idea yeah. there. But, you know, it is, it's one of the most iconic moments of the Attitude Era. One of the most memorable ones, if nothing sure. else. Uh, maybe not exactly for the right reasons, but uh, interested listeners. Uh, you know, obviously, Travis and I had a perspective uh, especially considering our background uh, uh i'd love to hear from from everyone else out there what your perspective was on the uh the symbolizing of stone cold steve austin when you were watching it back in the day or anything like that uh we'd love to hear your feedback on that uh and because yeah because kurt angle's working for them he's in developmental at this point and he did not sign with ecw because he was at the show where raven and sandman did the you know the um the religious iconography pose. Right. And so I just think it's interesting, which again, they keep, like you said, they, Austin's being symbolized on the symbol here. They use, they don't ever say, Oh yeah. They never say that. Yeah. Yeah. So they wouldn't cross that, but it's just funny how, you know, I guess money talks with Kurt Angle. (laughs) 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 I'm just kidding. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So let's take it to the show itself. uh, At least to the night of, to Sunday night heat. Uh, the build-up there, again, it's going to be live from the Rock Bottom Arena here on December 13th, 1998. And we uh, it is, it's going to be Stone Cold and Undertaker in a Buried Alive match. So thinking back to the first Buried Alive match with Mankind and Rock, we do have the, the grave site there uh, beside the entryway with the custom gravestone again with Stone Cold and Undertaker's pictures chiseled on there, which is always a it's cool awesome. visual. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I wonder if that's still in the warehouse. Oh, I yeah, definitely. It's got to sure be. I would love to see that. Well, I know I can't lift it up because we know you know how much it weighs. Well, Michael if, Cole lets us know. He does. Investigative <laughs> journalist going back into that mode. He's <sighs> trying. He's doing the hard sell for the pay per view, walking around the grave, telling us that this grave is eight feet long, four feet wide, and six feet deep. This tombstone weighs over three thousand pounds. This mound of dirt, over two tons of dirt surround this grave. This dirt is cold. It is dark. It is wet. <laughs> it is cold. It is dark. It is wet. I'm like, thanks, man. Like, <laughs> I didn't need to know that. But yeah, um, 
three thousand pound headstone? Are you freaking kidding me? I promise it's not three thousand pounds. <laughs> Even if it was a real one, I promise it's not three thousand pounds. Well, we'll find out. But, it's also not six feet deep either. Yes, remind yourselves, listeners, and if you remember watching this, when you hear it's six feet deep. All right, Austin's what six two? Undertaker's always built at six seven, six eight, right, or six ten or something like that. Well, let's remember that as we get to the <laughs> get to the match here. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, the, but like you said, Michael Cole, best game journalist, he sells it. He sells this match as being the match for your life. So this match is not about titles; it's for your life. So once again, we're gonna get attempted murder. <laughs> oh, yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> This Undertaker's build is all about murder again, homicides. <laughs> it's getting out of hand. Uh, something else that got out of hand on this show, my favorite <laughs> part of Sunday Night Heat is that uh, Mankind attacks The Rock and The Rock's luxury box as The Rock is cutting a promo, and Mankind hits him over the back with an overhead projector <laughs> like you used to have in geometry class or whatever yes. in middle school i just that cracked me up man it shatters and breaks it's like a shoot overhead projector yeah i'm sure it is i don't know why it's... i was in the luxury box but i haven't seen one of those in about a decade so it just made me happy to see it oh man yeah there's a little throwback from the 90s right yeah. there overhead that's awesome <laughs> so oh, man really cool so they get a good uh video package on here too kind of recapping everything since judgment day and um, I, like you said last week's episode, just kind of pretending that Survivor Series didn't matter. You right. know, we took a month month off of this rivalry and came back to it. And again, like we want to know where, what's happening, where where Kane is. Well, they don't mention that on the show here, but um, I'm interested, and I, I would like to talk about the ending of this episode of Heat. Please do because um, your go home show here. You know, this is right before. It ends with the acolytes, or I guess you called them the jackalites, right? Because they were the jackal at this point, still. Yeah, right? for for a second. And they're uh, they're having a match with Bossman and Shamrock, and just slugging it away in the ring. And um, the lights go off, and Taker's music hits, and just basically interrupts the match. <laughs> like that's so insignificant, doesn't matter. <laughs> so, um, but I wanted to mention it just because of who the acolytes are going to become. You know, when it comes to Undertaker. So, got another voiceover. This is our third voiceover we've mentioned here in the last, um, whatever, 35 minutes or whatever. Um, he says, you know, Austin, tonight we will write the final chapter of our journeys down the highway to hell. Once again, dropping that highway to hell. Exactly. There. He says, tonight you will reach rock bottom. I claimed your soul, and tonight I'll claim your existence. Each day that's passed, you've grown weaker as my ministry has grown stronger. And upon this stone, I shall build my ministry. So, again, more religious stuff. On this rock, I'm going to build my church, basically. You know, on this stone, stone cold, I'm going to build my ministry. So, I mean, I really do appreciate the, I guess, um, poetry of it there. But it's a little (laughs) bit weird, you know. Um, And then lightning strikes this tombstone as we go off the air. So, getting back to the, the supernatural, so. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, I guess it's a cool visual. Uh, they, they're doing a yeah. pretty good job of using heat to really jumpstart the pay-per-view, get those last-minute buys, I guess. Uh, really, they did at Survivor Series with that brawl going into the, uh, yeah. the live pay-per-view itself. But yeah, doing something here. Uh, but again, like you said, it's in your house, rock bottom. But what's the last thing that we're getting here? Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> and their match is going to go on last as well. So... Uh, Which it's makes just, me excited for Taker because he gets a main event slot. You know, oh, it's cool sure. for him. 
because he didn't. As we mentioned a lot, when he was a champion, he got denied that spot a lot. So yeah, and the champions cool. get denied here. Exactly, it's really really strange how often that does seem to happen. Uh, yeah, should, we should like keep track of how often. I know it's way more often than you realize. I think because I remember it ticking me off in like 2011, 2012 with CM Punk. You know, yeah. he he was a champion. He was never, but like I didn't. Apparently that was a normal thing. Pretty commonplace. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Re- I don't remember it being so common back in the Attitude Era. So it's interesting. That's going to bring us right into Rock Bottom in Your House, December 13th, 1998. And it is another international incident as we're in yes. Vancouver, <laughs> British Columbia, uh, at the General Motors place. And the show opens up with one of those great classy Freddie Blassie oh. voiceover video packages that is pretty much all about the Buried Alive match yet again yep. on the Rock Bottom pay-per-view. <laughs> And I'm man, these are always welcome in my house, man. These Freddie Blassies is so good. But yeah, man, it pretty much just it's again, it's called Rock Bottom in Your House. It's the Rock, he's the corporate champion. He gets his own pay per view. He's and got this giant whole opening posters <laughs> yes. of the in, at, by the entryway of himself. Dude, I wonder if those are in the warehouse. Those oh, yeah. are awesome. They're, They're might, like forty feet long. <laughs> they might be They're in so, Dwayne Johnson's house somewhere. That's true. They could be. <laughs> I hope they bring him out when he finally goes to the Hall of Fame. They just <laughs> flat roll those down. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but yeah, we got this Freddie Blassie thing. It's all about, like you said, it's all about the um, this Buried Alive match. And um, Cole and, and King are on commentary for our first pay-per-view show here. Again, we've had Cole as a backstage guy, but here he's on on commentary for the whole whole night. So it's his first pay-per-view gig. So good on him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I <laughs> not, mean, from a professional standpoint. Not good on us. No, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> there's not much in the way of promos or anything going into no. the match. Uh, so uh, Undertaker and Paul Bear are going to come out first here, like we said, in the main event slot. And Undertaker and Paul Bear are going to take a long look at the gravesite on the way to the ring. Uh, and I just thought the... Uh, Again, the Undertaker's entrance is just great here. The smoke and the lights yeah. surrounding him. Just a great visual uh, surrounding him as, as he heads to the ring. It's nice, again, it's nice to see him get, like, I don't know, credit. You know, and get, just get, get a little bit of extra presentation. You know, we, we mentioned that a lot in our first several episodes. And for, probably the first half of our episodes we've done is because, you know, so much was changing. And we covered so many years so quickly, like, just right. to see the presentation. But, like, here... Even he's more featured, and we've been covering, you know, 1998 for the last 12 episodes. It's just neat to see he's still getting a little bit presentation, and he's still a big deal, still special attraction. So I like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Another exactly. cool Wait. thing in the presentation here is that we got a grave cam for the match. So coming oh, back, yeah. we had that run there of the cage cam and the casket cam and the corner cam. <laughs> now we're getting back into it with the grave cam. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. It's um again, Taker is responsible for these extra cuts and stuff. We'll say that he invented everything. So, <laughs> I think we said it on last week's episode. He's responsible for everything cool in the World Wrestling Federation, <laughs> uh, except for this match. But um, anyway, but again, Cole said tells us again, this match is not for careers, but it's for lives. So again, we're gonna get more murder here, attempted murder. Like you said, um, he's out first, and then Austin. Comes out second, and he walks over to the gravesite and stands up on it and gives Taker the double birds from on top of it, which is just so in his character to do and just so entertaining to see that. I love it. Yeah. And, man, I just wanted to say, I want to point out, like, it is so different. Again, we're in British Columbia, so we're in Canada. And a year ago, 
he was public enemy number one, Austin. Yeah. I mean, he was he was the biggest face in America and the United States. And then you go over to Canada, you know, we, we had several of shows and, and Raws we covered where they would go back and forth. And he was hated. And it's just so funny to see how a year's time, here he is back, and he is getting – I mean, there's so many signs, so much support. Austin 316 signs, our shirts everywhere. And just, I mean, how far he's come in just a year. It's just really cool to see. I know this is not talking Austin or anything, but um, it's just really neat to see that. So To see that change and to see The Undertaker as well as he's yeah, evolved true. and it's become this evil character now too. Um, it's really As neat Cole to see. won't let you forget. No, he will not. Uh, he is over the <laughs> top here. And he slips into JR's old bad habits here by saying – Undertaker more aggressive and more evil than he's ever been, just like, as we've heard in every single Undertaker match. But whatever, yeah. we'll let that one slide. Uh, but it is cool because Undertaker meets Austin in the aisle way uh, to start yeah. the match, uh, which we've seen him do a few times here, and just starts brawling with him. Doesn't wait for Austin to get in the ring. I love that touch from Undertaker's character. He's just he's not going to sit around and wait. I miss that. You know, even let me just dip my toe in the current product real quick. I just watched Takeover. Um, Brooklyn Four tonight, and um, as heated of a rivalry as Ciampa and Gargano is, and it's so perfect, and it's probably the best feud of the year. They should have started attacking each other in in the aisle way, you mm. know. Like it's little stuff like that that I'm, I miss, you know. And seeing these guys, Taker and, and Austin, do this, it's just so good to see that, you know. It, it felt more authentic, I guess you could say. You really, yeah. really want to take each other's heads off, you know. So again, but I do give Ciampa Gargano five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Five taker symbols. So, absolutely, man. Uh, it's <laughs> you know, uh, I'd rather be talking about that than what we're currently talking about <laughs> right now. It's all downhill from here, pretty much at this point. From the entrances, it's downhill. yeah, it's all downhill from the entrances. Speaking of downhill, we're going to see a couple downhill plunges during this match too. So. Yeah, they go over and fight by the dirt mound pretty much immediately, and <laughs> yeah, take a few strolls over there. And Undertaker is dominating Austin here. At the early point of the ring, basically carries him back to the ring before Austin finally gets a little offense in with a uh, Thez press and an elbow and starts working over Undertaker's legs uh, over toward the corner of the ring, trying to chop the old chop the trees down, the old redwoods. <clears throat> he does, but he yeah, he crotches him on the ring post, but then it takes a while to do that. Like for some reason, they have some kind of miscommunication or something. He takes him a while to like drag him, and yeah, he wraps Undertaker's leg around the post and. Then does something that, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen before in my life. Austin goes up onto the guardrail. <laughs> At this point, they're black and padded like they are nowadays. Yeah. But, and he jumps off with a double axe handle. This <laughs> is like awesome. Innovative offense. Exactly. I loved it, man. Austin's changing up his style. So jumping off the, you know, Undertaker needs a little extra dose of double axe handle. So you got to go up a little higher and get the extra momentum on it. So. It's the Undertaker, it. dude. You gotta you gotta amp up your game against sure. him. Sure, sure, man. Well, they start brawling around the announcers here, tease some spots with the Spanish announce table, and Undertaker back body drops Austin like straight onto his head at one point when they're overcrowded over there by the yeah. announce table. It's it's ugly looking. It looks awful, man. And as they're doing all this commentary again, is reiterating <clears throat> that this match has stakes because Austin can make it into the Royal Rumble. You know. And Taker, Taker, you know, his stakes are that he wants to take Austin out because he cost him the title back at Judgment Day. Again, where the heck has that story been for the last month? Right. <laughs> so, oh, anyway. But. 
<laughs> they're trying to tie the storyline back to something that's been happening in the ring, I guess. And it's just been all this over-the-top, ridiculous stuff. And that's part of the problem here. But um, Undertaker ends up leading Austin back to the grave. So we've got more action around the grave. Uh, you mentioned that the the, uh, the rails around the ring are those black padded things. But Austin finds one of the old bike rack security yeah. rails and, and whacks Undertaker <laughs> over the head with that. Uh, it was nice to see. Yeah, that's not the only time that comes into play. We'll see that again. So, yeah, yeah it was nice to see one of those old ones, like the old silver bike rack ones, come into play here. So, pretty cool. And um, um, at this point, yeah, there he he does that, hits him, and there, um, excuse me, Undertaker throws Austin on the dirt and punches him in front of the grave, and Austin kind of reverses and he hits Taker, and I don't know if Taker meant to do this or not, but he does like a backflip roll down the dirt hill. <laughs> so, does not do the perfect ten landing there. So, um. He rolls down it and, uh, yeah, they climb back up the dirt set and Austin is just a filthy mess at this point. Oh, yeah. He's covered in dirt. <laughs> that was the thing with Mankind and Undertaker is you couldn't quite see it as much. Right. They were both pretty much covered up, but Austin's just there in his little black Speedo and he's just yeah. He's filthy. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, uh, Austin has Taker's head dangling over the quote-unquote six-foot-deep pit and flips him in to the six foot pit. Excuse me, six foot deep pit. And Taker stands up in it, and um, his head's about three feet above the top of the top of the grave. <laughs> so, unless he grew to nine foot ten, um, I don't know. Uh, maybe Michael Cole needs a new like tape measure or something, man. I was like, my five year old could stand up in this thing, and his head would be above it. It was like three feet deep. So well, that that's why they call Undertaker the yardstick. <laughs> we gotta answer that <laughs> we've been wondering this whole time uh, but yeah so michael cole's dimensions are a little off but yeah, i don't know man you can't say something six feet deep and then it's no, obviously it's, not it's like when they you say the cage is 15 feet tall and their heads are at the top of the steel gauge it's like yeah come on, guys. <clears throat> you know what it reminded me of you remember the godzilla cartoon did you ever watch it? Godzilla cartoon? Or could be even the movie. You know when like he comes up out of the water? Like, mm. He comes up completely submerged, but then he stands up and he's up to like his knee in the ocean. Like, yeah. Where did he come from? <laughs> like, You can't come up completely submerged from the water and then you're only ankle deep in the ocean. So that's what this reminded me of for some reason. I have no idea why. Great comparison here. <laughs> and again, it, it continues to just be silly because – uh, oh, <laughs> uh, Undertaker drags Austin into the into the pit and then whacks him over the head with a burial wreath. This just happens to be by the by the <sighs> grave. I guess one of the creatures of the night left it there. Yes, one of the, one of those yeah emo beatnik guys from yeah. once some years and years ago. So yeah, we hadn't seen the burial wreath. Had a had a mention on Talking Taker here in a that long was time. Fantastic, so. <laughs> loved it. It was so good. And then at this point, so he hits him with a burial wreath, and then Taker starts choking Austin on the dirt, and he's cho- he's choking him, and he says, "You're gonna die, boy," and then he lets go. Like, if the goal is to kill him, just keep choking him. <laughs> you would think, yeah, just choke him out and toss him in the grave yeah. and be done with it. And he's dead, and he's out of your ministry, and your ministry can live on, and <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's just weird. The crowd is pretty <clears throat> lackluster for all this, you know. Yeah. I really enjoyed the Buried Alive, last Buried Alive match more than I remembered it, and I think it's just because mm-hmm. Mankind 
and Undertaker. I mean, they just clicked so well for this for that style of match. And yeah, Austin and Undertaker just have not had that same chemistry yet. And it, and Austin just doesn't have that same just wild. I mean, Austin's a great brawler, but not yeah. that same. Not the same way that Mick Foley is. He's not, not the, the same way taker. where you could do like such a creative, strange match. Austin's just kind of out of his element here. So we get mm-hmm. they just kind of do back and forth, grab, trying to drag each other into the grave. One person will get out, they drag the other person back in. Then we end up fighting back towards the ring, um, and I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah, just a lot of a lot of nothing, in my opinion. Yeah, they get Taker grabs a chair and hits Austin on the head, and Cole says, "Stone Cold maybe out cold." So gets his little pun in there, and um, he rolls Taker rolls Austin into the ring, and you can tell at this point he's not 100. percent Like we yeah. say, he's been nursing those injuries since like June or whatever, and he needs some time off. So um, he hits a perfect ten landing after Austin clotheslines him out, and then Austin goes for goes he d- digs in the the well one two, two, two blah, 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 easy for me to say one too many times goes for an axe handle off the apron but then he gets a post into the back instead so and at this point like you just mentioned about the crowd uh Michael Cole apparently notices too and he says uh, the crowd doesn't know what to make of this match which is basically just kayfabe for they're not they're, they're not into it <laughs> exactly <laughs> well thankfully that's they're going to sort of kind of go towards the finish here as they head back toward the grave area, um, back towards the dirt pile. And for some reason, Undertaker has a gas can that's just magically appeared and tries uses that as a weapon. Um, And dumps Austin into the grave. And as Michael Cole says, begins the slow process of burying Austin alive. Yes. Oh, and speaking of slow, we'll get to that when the actual finish of the match is. Exactly. I guess he was just foreshadowing that here. Yeah, the slow process of burying someone alive. So um, I guess it was too slow for one of the uh, anxious fans in the audience because they throw a soda or a beer or something <laughs> at Undertaker, and it almost hits him in the head. Like, and he gives this angry look like to the crowd. I've ne- like we we always commend how he never breaks character when stuff goes wrong and stuff. I, I guess it was still within his character. He's a heel here, yeah, but yeah. So it's okay, but like you could tell, like for a shoot, man, this dude was not happy. I mean, that's disrespectful <laughs> to Undertaker, you know. But um, that's just like you said, the crowd doesn't know what to make of it. Well, they like to throw a soda at you because it sucks. <laughs> well, it's so slow going on that Austin just gets up and walks out of the grave <laughs> while Undertaker has his back to him, getting some dirt yeah. ready. Then Austin hits Undertaker with the gas can a couple times, and finally, after like. 15 minutes gives Undertaker a stunner, and that is what wakes the crowd up after all this time, seeing Austin pull out a stunner on top of the gravesite. So that allows Austin to toss Undertaker into the grave, and now, now, finally, we're going we're gonna to see some action, right? Yep, we're going to dump a wheelbarrow full of dirt into the grave, <laughs> which covers up Undertaker's, like, knees. That's it. <laughs> it's nothing. It's a wheelbarrow. It's a simple wheelbarrow full of dirt. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything, man. It was so poorly done. I hated it. I hate it for these guys because it sucks. Well, um, you know, they clearly learned their lesson from the last Buried Alive match when it took forever and they had to send all those other heels out there yeah. to bury him because Austin is, after that pitiful wheelbarrow of dirt, he's going to chase 
uh, Undertaker, or no, excuse me, he's going to chase Paul Bearer, Paul Bearer off yeah. towards the back and to go get another tool for the burial. But that's going to leave Undertaker with a chance to crawl out of the grave now. Yeah, and I guess um, since he's been here and done this before, he crawls out and he decides to take a shovel with him and basically just take a rest on this pile of dirt, take a dirt nap. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't hear that at all during no, this we match, didn't hear did that. we? This was a prime. This is a perfect spot for King to have said he's taking a dirt yeah, nap. Yeah, fell asleep so, on the yeah, job out there. He did. So um, yeah, he just kind of like hides. With a shovel. I mean, you could tell he's hiding. I didn't know if the camera was supposed to be on him or not because of what comes next, but he's hiding with a shovel on this mound, and then all of a sudden we get this huge explosion, and pop goes the cane. He, you know, there he is. Boop, he pops up out of the grave, man. Yeah, fire shoots up out of the grave. It's pretty cool little visual yeah, there. I don't know how they did that one either, especially since they'd just been fighting in the grave. But yeah. yeah, Kane pops out of there. So yeah, we they threw you off the scent by not having him on Raw the week sure. before. But uh, of course, Undertaker and Kane go after each other. They brawl around the grave as the under, the, the announcers are wondering, well, where did Austin go? Um, yeah, uh, Undertaker. And go ahead. No, I was just gonna say as they're fighting, man. Like Kane is, he's coming out guns blazing, and he is just so excited that i think he forgets he's on dirt like and so he goes to hit taker and he just face plants down the dirt pile and then they brawl around the dirt and they're both falling like on the dirt and around on the like on the floor of the arena there it's just so like i don't know embarrassing like you said seeing austin in a in a hospital bed a few weeks ago um on raw was weird seeing taker and kane like literally trip over dirt was kind of kind of sad too yeah it was yeah. silly looking uh, uh undertaker goes for a low blow on kane and then goes for a tombstone but he has to pause here <laughs> because all of a sudden stone cold steve austin comes driving through the entryway with a backhoe full of dirt well he's not driving he's in the passenger yeah. seat i should say yeah. yeah so he's you know he's conquered the zamboni the cement truck um I guess that's all he's really driven at this point, isn't it? So he's driven his truck onto Raw yeah, before, too. Yeah, he's had too, his, so. his truck. <clears throat> F-150 or whatever. So now he's just up in the ante and he's going heavy duty. He's bringing a backhoe, dude. But, yeah, he's he's riding shotgun in the backhoe. And um, at this point, like you said, Kane – or, excuse me, Taker is distracted. And so Kane is able to nail, nail Taker with a tombstone that the camera misses. <laughs> they miss that. And it's so vital here. So he it's hits Taker mess. with it. Yeah, and – uh, basically, he hits Undertaker with the tombstone, and Austin gets out of the backhoe as Taker kind of rolls solemnly into the grave. And then here's the big finish. Like you said, they learned their mistake. We thought, yeah, we from thought the first one, and here you go. Well, <laughs> thankfully, they've got a backhoe operator to drop a giant mound of dirt on the grave. But this dude driving the backhoe, it, I swear he's never driven one before either. He, <laughs> it's like if I get up there. He it. doesn't know how to maneuver it. He's like can't get it above the grave in the right place. Austin's trying to point him in the right direction. You can tell he's legit getting pissed he's, off at this guy. Yeah. The crowd is booing at this point, even though their big baby face is supposed to be getting this big win here. They start booing because it's taking forever. And finally, this guy drops a mound 
the dirt on the grave and again it's still just barely even covers the undertaker here yeah um cole says it's hundreds of pounds of dirt and it's like the same amount as the wheelbarrow honestly (laughs) it doesn't because the camera like shows the undertaker and it's like it's not it's not a lot it's not impressive and austin is cussing the backhoe driver and he starts cussing at earl hebner and the driver, and he goes to the and just grabs a few beers from. He grabs a shovel for a second and thinks yeah. he's gonna do some more dirt, but then he just gives up. He gives up, and and I don't know if he called an audible or if he got the you know four one one from Earl Hebner or what, but like it seems like they called an audible because then all of a sudden Hebner just raises Austin's hand and his music plays, and that was I was trying to time it. I think it was like twenty one and a half minutes, twenty one thirty three maybe, but apparently Austin's your winner here. <laughs> so. They, yeah <laughs> i mean when all else fails just grab a few steve weisers dude there you go head to the ring <laughs> uh the, austin goes and celebrates there and does his stuff as the announcers reiterate that austin has officially qualified for the royal rumble even though vince told him he would never get another title shot here uh we got, they cut back to the backhoe guy still trying to get some more dirt <laughs> on the grave still having a terrible time you know vince chewed him out backstage oh um, he was never seen from again i'm oh, sure uh, yeah he yeah. might he, he might be in the warehouse as well he's probably in that grave <laughs> it probably is yeah um, but, speaking uh, of where the heck is kane kane disappeared at this point <laughs> after that fight with the undertaker it's all just a big mess man it's uh the I don't think I'd ever seen this match before, but you know, the first Buried Alive was a, was a nice, pleasant surprise to see how fun and wild and crazy it was, and this was just garbage, man, just a disaster it's, in every way. Yeah, and I, I, like we hate to crap on this stuff, but like we're gonna call it like it is, man. Like it's not good. It's just rock bottom. It really is. Like they are <laughs> dragging the bottom of the barrel for this, and it's not any. It's not Taker's fault. It's not Austin's fault. It's in my opinion. It's poor planning. There's no way they blocked this out earlier in the day. Because, I mean, how can you? It's a big mess. It's a huge mess if you do it. I guess they just stuck to their guns and said it'll work out and had faith. But, man, sometimes you got to practice some stuff, man. Because this dude, this backhoe driver, was this is his first day. Man, it's awful. <laughs> it's so bad. And um, But Austin, you know, like you said, he comes back to the dirt and pours a beer on it. And at that point, Taker's pretty covered. I don't think you can see him. He probably rolled out of the grave at this point, honestly. Right. <laughs> I don't know where he is. But um, but that's probably – this might be one of the worst match endings we've covered here. You know, because the fireball stuff was bad, but that was after the match, if I'm not mistaken, right? So this is the, probably the worst finish. This is WrestleCrap stuff to me. It was – like I just don't understand how you take your top, your top moneymaker, Austin, and have him and Taker look – like a buffoons, you know? But. Yeah, it's, it's, I think you, I mean, I can't say it any better myself. Uh, <laughs> but both those guys come out worse for wear from this, unfortunately. Um, and it is interesting, I will say, that remember the last Buried Alive match? Undertaker did win, but he was buried deep sure. towards the end. But we did see his hand rise up out of the grave to give some hope. This one, we don't get to see that. We don't see any hope true. for the Undertaker. And this burial is going to lead to him. He is going to resurrect, but he will be darker and different than ever. He's going to come back as a different type of different type of undertaker. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be covered on next week's episode as we wrap up 1998 here and we dive into 1999 
and we're actually going to fast forward all the way to WrestleMania 15 on next week's episode because The Undertaker doesn't have a match at Royal Rumble or St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So we're probably not going to continue what we've been doing of late with the week-by-week week recaps, but we are. There is so much going on with that formation of the Ministry of Darkness and the uh, sacrificing and rebirth of Midian and Viscera and all this sort of stuff. We're definitely going to cover all that and, and highlight the highlights of that, but we're not going to go week by week through Raw and Heat and all that different stuff in the same kind of way that we do on right. these episodes. But we will cover Because he's all not that. on a lot of it. Yeah. He's not on all, a lot of it, and there's just there's three months worth of stuff to cover as we yeah. head to Undertaker and the Big Boss Man and, of course, a very memorable matchup at WrestleMania 15, but I just want to say too, of course, as we kick off 1999, we hope that you guys will stick around and stay tuned. There's a lot of fun stuff to talk about in 1999. We've got another Undertaker WWF title reign coming up. Uh, we got more action. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> more action with Stone Cold. Uh, the rise of the Ministry of Darkness and the corporate ministry as well. Uh, we're going to cover Over the Edge 1999, which will be a very uh, interesting mm. and emotional show to cover, I'm sure. Um, the Undertaker's tag team title run with The Big oh, Show. I can't wait to get to that. Oh, I yeah. love that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, kicking things off, like I said, with a, uh, <laughs> a hell in a cell at WrestleMania against the big friggin' boss man. Yep. So we have covered the best hell in a cell, in our opinion in 1997 bad blood the second best hell in the cell most probably most memorable one which is the you know the king of the ring and now we're going to cover the most infamous one <laughs> probably you know popular for all the wrong reasons so oh, looking yeah. forward to it I, I i'm looking forward to talking about boss man because honestly he's got quite a story career too and he's not at the level of taker but he used to feud with hulk hogan you know on the top of the cards you know during his time in the company for a long, a long time ago. So, don't sleep on that episode. You know, it'll be a good one. It's so much to talk about too. Oh, it's like this gonna one. be fun. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be fun. So, we want to hear your thoughts, of course, on this match. Was it uh, as bad as we were making it out to be? Uh, <laughs> did you enjoy it more? Was it a pleasant surprise for you? I don't know. Let us know, and of course, let us know your thoughts on the infamous symbolization of the uh, yeah. of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Your feelings on that? What you thought about it? Of course, you can do that on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Talking Taker. And you can subscribe to our podcast on all the different various podcasts and services. Leave us a rating and a comment and let us know. A couple quick shout-outs to some of our listeners at Aaron Curtis 426 He's been plugging us a lot to different people and letting us know how much he's been enjoying the show. We appreciate that. Uh, Aaron uh, at Mongo underscore ebooks. Uh, I don't know if any relation to Mongo and Michael, but uh, I hope so. Giving us a lot of compliments as well, and to the uh, the Downturn podcast at Downturn the uh, always uh, liking our posts and giving us comments on there. So uh, shout out to our creatures of the night out there, and shout out as well to at Ollie McClellan who told us he was at. Rock Bottom in your house on Twitter. Said he was at Rock Bottom, but the only thing he remembers is the guy who tried to fight 20 security guards after trying to sit in a section that was closed. And particularly funny was that he was at the bottom of the section and security was all charging down the aisle 
from the top. So a classic moment right there for Ollie. Sounds hilarious. It sounds way more entertaining than the match we actually got to see. Yeah, and some what was the other podcast that said they were going to do a debate or something, and they were using our stuff to yeah. kind of freshen up on it. The so Wrestle cool. Special at Wrestle yeah. Special. I don't know if that's come out yet, but we'll definitely <clears throat> plug that when it comes out. Yeah. So thanks for you guys, and we're glad that we could help. You know, uh, give you some perspective on some things when you're going to debate the Undertaker because we're all we're pro Undertaker. Even though listening to this episode sounds like we're not, it's not his problem. It's not his fault. It's the match's fault. So. I hope we're pro Undertaker. Yeah. We've done 54 episodes so far. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But ladies and gentlemen, if you were there, if you were at the General Motors place in Vancouver, British Columbia, let us know. You know. If you were there a year before when uh, you hated Austin, now you're there a year later and you love him. Let us know uh, how far. Let us know how lame it was to sit there. Did you, you know, you if you're the that guy drink? that threw the soda, yeah. <laughs> Did you fire a little early? You should have thrown it at the backcode driver, maybe. <laughs> so you're like, dang it, I should have thrown it at him. So let us know uh, all that stuff. And uh, anyway, last but not least, we got two words for you. Take it easy. Attitude. Attitude. You take a handful of pain and a touch of disdain, then throw in some taker and pain. Do you smell what the rock is wearing as the man with no sense of smell? WWF cologne for men and eau de toilette for women. It's 100% pure attitude in a bottle. To order, call 815-734-1161. Visit the WWF website or send $19.99 plus shipping and handling to the address on your screen. Smell what you're wearing, daddy-o.